Welcome to the Over the Counter Podcast. I'm Mark Eastcheck. And I'm Andrew Whaley. Andrew, we have not done this in a long time. I know. It's so weird. I Yeah. I mean, I almost feel like we've betrayed our listeners. I think we have. Yeah. Yeah. So for all of you faithful followers of the Over the Counter Podcast, or if you might be brand new to the Over the Counter Podcast, we deeply apologize for our long hiatus from it was uh, all Mark's fault. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because I was the one that traveled to California like ten times <laughs> between the last time we recorded and now. Yeah, you traveled some, a, a little bit, a small amount. I only went to California once since the last time. You know, I reproduced since we last had a show. <laughs> I know. I've seen that other Mark walking around. <laughs> I didn't know you could just split <laughs> off like that. I guess that's one of the advantages of not being human. I had a son. Yeah. Congratulations. So, Thanks. so many things have been birthed since this last time. You, you have a son. You have a, a YouTube channel, right? And a new book about to come out, right? Um, I have a new apostolate. I have a online radio show, and um, a new consulting project in California, right? Which Looks like it's coming to fruition rather quickly. Yeah, it's really happening. It's great. Yeah, it's going to be a beautiful shop. I'm r- super excited about it. So, uh, what what's the significance of all of these new things? I mean, I mean, really, these new things have probably distracted us from recording. Well, I know it's. I mean, I'm our I'm podcast. Our, yeah, I mean, well, I'm. We do a half an hour to an hour on these podcasts most of the time. I'm doing an hour a day by myself right now. Right, so tell us about your new show. All right, so uh, my new show is called The Counter Position. And you may notice the word counter being in both of these. Is that a tribute to us, Andrew? Kind of. It's my posi- It's my take on reality. So Mark and I, this is the reason you're listening to Over the Counter is because this conversation started over the counter in the coffee bar here at the Institute. And he would Maybe come- they're listening for some other reason. What? Maybe they're listening because they're interested in what we're going to talk about today. What did I say? What do you... You said the reason that you're listening to the Over the Counter oh, podcast. Oh, no. I said the reason that you're listening. Re- okay, let me rephrase that. The reason that the thing that you're listening to is called Over the Counter Oh, okay. I didn't get it. Yeah, sorry. I'm... <laughs> your your humor is so subtle, Mark. I just I'm not used. I'm used to my humor, which is a little more over the top. Um, is because Mark and I would talk, have these conversations over the coffee bar. So the counter position is my new show, and it's my take on reality from behind the counter. And it's um, you know twenty plus years of studying philosophy and theology and processing doing business and having conversation, but processing all those ideas over a coffee bar with every possible type of human being you can imagine over the years. Even Donald Trump. I've never talked to Donald Trump. He hasn't come into your coffee bar no. and ordered coffee? And I'm, yeah, I'm not really a fan. Who, who would be like the most famous person that you have served coffee to there's ever? A, man, there's a great question. Um, I mean, you've been serving coffee to a lot of people for a long period of time. Like who's the like number one most famous person? Most famous like person. The Pope? Have you served no, coffee to the Pope? No, 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 no. Um, well, I make coffee for Cardinal Lorenzo here. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what did he order? A cappuccino. Um, did you do anything special? I, I put a, I poured a Sacred Heart, Flaming Sacred Heart latte, mm-hmm. or a cappuccino. And what, was it good? Was it one of your best ones? It was a pretty nice one, yeah. I, I like to feel like God was behind me on it. Would um, you say Cardinal Lorenzo is the f- most famous person you've ever He's the biggest. Made a he's for? the most Catholic famous. Um I've made coffee for uh, – I waited – in one of my customer shops that I was putting some hours in to help him out back in the day, Eric Stoltz, the actor, who's been in a ton of stuff. He's pretty famous. He, um, he and his wife came up to Ventura from L.A. for the last few weeks before she gave birth to get out of all the smog and all that. And they were using the Wi-Fi and hanging out, and they were in there every day. Like I made wow. coffee. I talked to him extensively um yeah i mean i've made coffee for i don't know actors and rock stars and stuff like that the more famous people i've met through hospitality were at the ranch house selling wine to them Hmm. i mean i had i met everybody under the sun there so because it was in a resort town and a lot of famous people came in but like who's the most famous person that you made that you served uh, wine to then um probably 
probably like Ron Howard or, I mean, Ron Howard, Bill Murray, um, I mean, all kinds of people. I mean, Jerry Bruckheimer was a weekly regular. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of famous people in there. My, okay, so I got a great, okay, my best famous person selling wine to him story, Ben Harper. Um, from the band Ben Harper and the Innocent Criminals. Really great musician. He's married. I listen to their stuff every day. You do, yeah. You listen to like Vivaldi every day. Um, <laughs> put a bow tie on. <laughs> so, um, so Ben Harper is married or has a child. Well, I don't think they're married, but he has a child with um, um, not Dan, Diane Ladd, um, Laura Dern. And Diane Ladd is her mom. So their mom's a famous actress, Laura Dern, very famous actress. And the, her stepfather that was with him all the time, some big producer. So Ben Harper comes in. I'm kind of a fan of Ben Harper. I come over to the table, and um, and I say, uh, I, I'm the wine steward, so I give him the wine list. I come back to get their order, and, he's, and he says, I want whatever one's going to get me the drunkest. <laughs> kind of joking around, you know. And, and so I help him pick out a couple of different bottles of wine for the table. And I come back, and he's griping the whole time that they can't, he can't believe that they're going out to eat because the Lakers are in the finals, and he's missing the Lakers game, and he doesn't have his, they wouldn't let him bring the phone with him. So I would come around. So I came back around to pour. So I went and checked the score in the office. I come around. I pour the, everyone's glass full, and I and I look at I look at Ben Harper and I say, um, "Is the alcohol level sufficient for you, Mister Harper?" He kind of laughs and says, yes. And I set the bottle down, and I've quiet, I lean in quietly, and I say, Lakers, 39-27. And I walk <laughs> up, and he's like, yes! It's like all night long, I'm refilling their glasses and quietly telling Harper this, the, the Lakers score all night long. So at the end of the night, he comes over, gives me like the big like hand slap, kind of like bro hug, kind of like thanks me. And I feel a little something in the hand, you know, and his personal tip coming. That happens pretty frequently. And I stuck it. I thanked him, and I just, without looking, stuck it in my apron. And when he when he left, I pulled it out, and it was a $100 bill. Wow. So I got $100 off Ben Harper for giving him the Lakers score and keeping him buzzed all night. Wow. Okay, so I totally sidetracked you from telling yeah, us about Yeah, so the your counter well, that's which ironically, I, you just got... A taste of the conversation, me trying to talk about something and then getting sidetracked to telling some story. So, how long have you been doing it now? Uh, about a month. I've done. I just did. Ep- I recorded how many episodes. I recorded episode twenty nine. Okay. Um, this afternoon, um, we do. What we do? I do philosophy, theology, take on life, um, entrepreneur, a lot of stuff, um, travel stuff. A lot and of have personal you ever have guests, or is it just you? I intend to have guests. I've had tech problems. I don't have a hard line. I have, and I can't. That's right. You were going to interview me. Yeah, we. You were my first interview, and it went <laughs> south. And we had the robot aliens that like invaded our podcast. Um, it wasn't our podcast, or our, maybe that was the problem. Yeah, that's right. It wasn't under the protection of the mantle of the podcast. Right. So I um. So I figured I bought I bought this recorder. This new recorder we're using is the same thing that we normally use, up a nicer new one. And I'm going to get some mics that we'll be using on the podcast too. But then that'll be my rig to like do in-person interviews. And I'm about to change up my wi- my um, internet at my house so that I can have a hard wire in my office. And then I can do Skype interviews. Then it's all bets are off. There'll be a lot of interviews then because I have a lot of interviews I want to do. But it's been good. It's forced me to learn how to do commentary and think and share. And so it's a very existential show in a sense that I – how is your show performing? It seems like it's doing pretty well. I mean the numbers are um, – is good or better than some of them who have done have been doing it for longer. I mean, I'd say most of my episodes are climbing up near 100 downloads as as a podcast. After they cash them all as a podcast, so you can go listen to this stuff. It's a little saucier than the over the counter thing because it's me without marks limiting. Yeah, um, there's no there's no uh, what do you call that thing? Governor? There's no governor. You're, you're, on you're the, the governor. Hello, speed. governor. <laughs> <laughs> you're, the, you're the governor. You're Mark. Mark civilized. It's, it's just Andrew Whaley unchained. It's like it is. It's me. It's Andrew Whaley off the chain. My take on the world. I even I accidentally cuss on occasion. <laughs> so it's like uh, it's a it's good. It's a it's a fun time. So you can see it at realliferadio.com. We house all uh, – you can look under under this different shows. It's called The Counter Position. 
and I house all the um, links for the. Um, do you give stock stock tips? No, no. But I house all the links. Do you do sports? Hold on, I I house all the links to all the podcasts at thecounterposition.com. No, I don't. I don't do sports for the. Do you most do news? Part. News, yeah, some. I talk about stuff like the daily headlines. Occasionally, if it's something worth talking about. Do you? I don't know. Do you like fashion? I have done a little bit of fashion. Yeah. Do you do um, like an advice column? I mean, can people write into you and ask personal questions? <laughs> you certainly could. Send all of your advice questions to thecounterposition at gmail.com, and I will be your dear – you can be the dear Andy instead of dear Abby. So I'm guessing that there's an editorial page in your radio show? Editorial page? Right. I mean like that's mainly what happens, right? Yeah. It's, it's a lot of editorial. It's a lot of – it's very, it's very, it's very CL. It's very community liberation. It's very I let reality. Wait, so you sing songs in Italian while you're doing your radio show? <laughs> that would be awesome. I should. Uh, I let I let reality hit. Are you me. allowed to have a glass of wine while you record? Not only do because I'm not on the FCC governed stuff, so not only can I, I don't get in trouble when I cuss on occasion, as long as I don't offend too many Catholics. I not only do I drink while I do the show quite frequently. I sometimes talk about what I'm drinking. Like, in fact, I had a Joel got 815 so, cab. From uh, 20... So, wait, wait. So why – you can't do this on a normal radio show? No, I don't think you can drink on the air on a normal radio show. But I'm an online radio – and we're about to I – can't, I can't say what it's going to be, but we're about to re, um, rebrand, I think. And we're – more of a po- so you, instead of the counter position, it's going to be the position counter. No, 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 no. The whole, the whole, the whole thing is kind of in a in the process of rebranding, I think. And um, I don't know if I suppose I'm supposed to say that. I don't. I only All right, was, he's divulging secret information. Stop listening. Wait, don't, no, don't, don't, don't stop. The no, podcast. it's. Pu- I'll just make Andrew stop talking. It's really hard. I'm going no, to no, like pu- strangle him. It's public. To make him stop. It's public. We've talked about what it is. So, but I don't want to say the name of the thing just yet. But we're the whole bro- the whole network is changing to a new. What's the network? It's real life radio now, but it's about to change, and we're going to be more of a podcast network like Gimlet that has a live stream. We're going to quit talking about it in terms of radio. It's more like there's a live stream with all these different podcasts kind of going at different times, and you can just tune in like a radio. But there's also all these podcasts and stuff, and you can subscribe to the feeds. And so, yeah, my friend Kevin's about to just start doing a weekend show. looks like my friend Ann might start doing a weekend show where she kind of does book review, kind of talk about books and stuff. And I'm the Monday through Friday. So you get a lot more random stuff with me because I have to come up with five hours of content a week. And without interviews, it's just me telling you. Yeah, so if you don't have that much time, then you can go check out my YouTube channel. Yeah. Where I'm making very short YouTube videos, usually five minutes or less. What's that called? Called Bible Broccoli. Bible Broccoli. Yes, indeed. So you'll you'll see (laughs) my particular style when you you tune in. I – okay, I'm going to come back. I would say I love – your YouTube thing. It's such a weird thing to see you. Like, you're so bubbly. Like, so you're, like, really animated. Yeah. Like, you're, you're, I've never seen that much movement in conversation out of Mark Gusha. So, uh, well, so what's the idea behind Bible Broccoli? The idea is to talk about the Bible. Hold on. Let me, I should ask it. So what's the idea behind Bible Broccoli? Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm interviewing myself. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was relying on you to go off on a, a tangent to Pluto while I was still talking about my YouTube channel. We're, speaking of Pluto, remind me to tell you about the book I'm reading. <laughs> Are you reading Voyage to Alpha Centauri? I already read that. Oh, okay. I'm reading The Martian. <laughs> oh, okay. Or sure. I'm, I'm listening to the movie. There's a movie version. Yeah, movie I version just saw the trailer. Did you read Sparrow? The Sparrow? No. Okay. It's like another like a uh, Catholic science sci-fi thing, like Voyage to Alpha Centauri. Really? I don't. Yeah. Oh, after the Martian, I like. Ken that told stuff. me to read it. I like that stuff. Ken Kramer. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Nice. Okay. So, so Bible Broccoli is my YouTube channel where I'm making uh, videos about the Bible, clearly, uh, and a lot of it is about the um, 
the difficult to chew passages of the Bible, you know, the ones that are hard to understand, that make you confused, that seem to be contrary to other things that are biblical. Uh, so, like, I did one video on um, that episode where uh, the prophet Elisha encounters these boys, and then they uh, insult him for being bald, and two she bears come out of the woods and. Yeah, the, that was the first one you did, wasn't it? The first dark uh, passage. This like the maybe the second or third. It was the second. It was the first time you actually talked about a dark passage. Yeah, yeah, and by itself. Yeah. So yeah, you, you basically said that they weren't boys at all. That he was calling them boys to insult them, but these were actually the prophets of the false. Yeah, you have to watch the video to yeah. sort of get the whole take. It's it's a little complicated, but not so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought it was a good. I thought it was a good so, answer. And, and so I'm doing this because I've got this book coming coming out right. Uh, called Light on the Dark Passages of Scripture. And this is for, and this is for kids, right? It's not for kids. <laughs> of course it's not for kids. It's about dark stuff. I'm just kidding here. <laughs> no, I mean, I think... Uh, no, I mean, my goal is to convey uh, these truths and, and insights and stuff in a way that's engaging. And, and I think and it's... That is, and that is purpose-built for YouTube, right? This is not something that yeah. is like... I mean, there's so much content out there by, like, these boring Bible scholars, like, sitting in, like, oaken chairs, like, <laughs> like having... Oaken, big like, oaken thrones with like, crushed velvet. Yeah, exactly. Like, having these, like, long, like, hour-long discourses about, like, abstruse scholarly stuff that no one understands. And yes, they all sound like this. Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. no, exactly. I mean, there's a ton of that stuff out there on YouTube. There's very little stuff about the Bible that's, like, purpose-built for YouTube. That's, like, this is a YouTube video about something in the Bible that's going to feel and look like a YouTube video, uh-huh. not, like, something that was dragged out of the archives of, like, the Conservative Baptist Seminary of Southern Arkansas and then, like, put onto their institutional YouTube channel. Like, that's not what I'm doing, right? We, know, yeah, all, we, don't, we, want to, we don't want to talk bad about the, 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 the regal... The regal uh, enterprise that is the Southern Baptist Seminary of Southern Arkansas. <laughs> but do, do you know what I'm saying? A renowned like, so, place of intellectual scholarship. Uh, to me, the best content on YouTube is content that's made for YouTube. Right, right. You know, I like uh, watching YouTube channels that have, like, predictably engaging content that's not super long. Yeah. Right? That's entertaining, that's informative, you know, that kind of thing. And. It, it it's not YouTube is not the right place yeah. to put something that's an hour long or three hours long. I mean, people do it, and there are maybe some good reasons for that. But you're not going to get. It's not the same. It's not a YouTube ish kind of thing to do that. Yeah. Right? Well, it's interesting. It seems like. I think what's interesting is that YouTube has now. What you're talking about is kind of like the YouTube genre, so to speak, right? right. This short internet video right. has become a thing. And it's interesting. Some of these delivery methods of the past have now become genres that are detached. Like what we're doing with is radio, but it doesn't have terrestrial towers. Right. So we had to kind of re- – we're doing 12-minute segments. There's a break. There's commercials. And all that, but it's, there's no towers oh, involved. I thought you meant we, like you and me, like oh no 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 us, no no we present. We're, we're doing. You meant we as in you. We as in yeah yeah like like, like the real life radio and the, mm. well, I was going back to comparing our projects. We're doing a genre. You're doing a genre. But it's interesting. Like um, one thing that I brought up the other day was that the these old genre these genres the, the, these delivery methods of becoming genres like like the other day I don't know what it is now but the other day. The best-selling television episode, the best-selling television series on iTunes was a Tim Ferriss experiment. It's not on television anywhere. It's, there's no commercial breaks. It's a 30-minute episode, but it's made like a TV show. So it's housed in the TV section of the Apple Store, and you buy it and watch it. Yeah, but you know why this Isn't is frightening? Isn't that weird? Why, why this is frightening to me is because it's basically the death of mass culture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which, I I mean, I'm not like a big fan of mass culture in general, right? I, I don't necessarily think it's a good thing. I'm I'm a big fan of local culture. But what's what's going on though that's freaky, right? Is that local culture gave way to mass culture with right. the invention of radio and then television and then the internet, etc. Right? But now with the internet, the internet is superseding those previous forms of media, right? Mm-hmm. So newspapers have died pretty much, mm-hmm. except for a couple of them. 
uh, television. And they're mostly read online now. Television is going to die. It's mm. on its way. Terrestrial radio, radio is on its way Radio out. is dying. Uh, so the internet is the sort of all-consuming multimedia that's replacing everything else. And But what's what's the problem with it, though, is it's we're not going from mass culture back to local culture. We're going from mass culture to, like, splinter culture, where there are all of these tiny different little tribes that follow certain things. Well, but then, like, when you get two people in the room... They might not even be able to talk to each other. There, it's, it's local culture, but it's not geographically local. It's specific the way local was, but it's it's tribal the way local was. But it's 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 space replacing place. There's, the place used to be what you mean makes, like ethereal internet space. Yeah. So yeah. See, I don't like this. I don't think this is a good trend. I think this is really dangerous because what's going to happen, right, when you and your next door neighbor get together and start talking, mm-hmm. you won't have watched the same movies or the same television shows or have listened to the same radio shows or have read the same books. Or read the same news. Or read the same news, You don't right? even I mean, know. So you, like none of the media that you're consuming could – like will overlap necessarily. Or it could be like you've read the I mean, same – this is already happening. Or you've read the same news stories about the same events, but he says – Hey, did you did you hear that um, that Planned Parenthood's killing babies and selling off the parts? And you're like, oh, I read something about how there was um, a hit piece on on Planned Parenthood, and they like, you know, and they're talk- reading from opposite angles. Yeah, they're reading it from such opposite that it's almost two different stories. Maybe that could facilitate dialogue. But, but- you know, I, I mean, this is like uh, it used to be that everybody read the newspaper every day, right? And then everybody watched the 6 o'clock news every day. Everybody watched the 6 o'clock news. So, like, if you wanted to know what was going on or if, or if you talked to somebody the next day, mm-hmm. they would have watched the 6 o'clock news. You would have watched the 6 o'clock news, and you would both know what happens on the 6 o'clock news. That is not how it works anymore. You know what's interesting? Nobody watches the 6 o'clock news in our generation. But what, here's what's interesting, though, is that on one side— I mean, do you know anybody under the age of, like, 50 that watches the 6 o'clock news on a daily basis? No. Right. That's the whole thing. Yeah, and, but here's the thing, though, is that I think that at first I thought it was a great idea in the sense that now – The splinter culture? But just the, all the, the, the breaking down the barriers of being able to put something out there. So now instead of being yeah, – Now all the writers are starving to death because they don't have any work to yo, do. But I'm, but I'm talking about like big news culture, which is incredibly liberal for one thing and always has been for a really long time. But we just kind of had to take their take on things because that's the only news that was on, right? But now you can get all these different takes on the same story because they can't stop us because everyone – you don't have to have permission to publish, right? So you have to weed through the crap and learn how to look for someone to curate for you. But you can can actually – Read several different takes on the same story and kind of get a feel for what you think might have happened for real. Um, but the problem is, is that now we've come full circle. Like you and I, before we started recording, we were talking about this new Google thing, which I don't, I haven't read the whole study yet. But well, there's a new study that shows that Google search results and the tweaking of the algorithm on Google can dramatically affect the polls. In political, in the political polls. But you know what? Google can probably make that story go away by tweaking the algorithm again. Exactly. <laughs> like I, I'm glad I saved it on Pocket. You know. Um, so it, it's interesting. And now, all we've done is we've come full circle back to tribal, but not local. And that same control that we were experiencing by the bully pulpit of the six o'clock news is now a quieter more subterranean manipulation, right, right. more 1984 than... Right, it's totally opaque. Right? Nobody totally, knows what they do with No one knows what's going on. Algorithms they, 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 they adjust this algorithm 600 times a year. You don't need to do that 600 times a year to stay ahead of the people who have learned how to game it for search engine optimization. Right. So they're tweaking this admittedly 600 times plus a year and no one, no one knows what they're doing, how it works, or what their standards are, or what their criteria is, or anything. But there's studies. I'll, maybe we should put this in the show notes. There's a link to this article where they did studies where they they did a search term, and they showed what it said, and then they showed the polls from that week. And then the next week, they searched the exact same search term, got a completely different set of results, where the uh, the algorithm had been tweaked. And when they looked at the polls after that. 
the polls were different. So Google could throw an election, and the thing is that it's global. They could throw an election in Taiwan. Well, this is one of the other I mean, bizarre could, things you know, about our a, world right now is that corporations in many ways are more powerful than governments. Yeah, government in some ways is getting bigger and bigger because it's trying to hold on to its power. Right. Because it's getting increasingly irrelevant. Right. Which the good news is government's getting more irrelevant. So at least the libertarian in me is like, yay. The problem is, is that That's we're going to be replaced by something. We're getting it replaced by someone that has even less accountability that we don't vote right. for. Right. That doesn't have to tell us what they're doing. Right. Right. We're like Facebook is not a uh, freedom of speech zone. No. And well, I mean, look at Facebook. This this is just this ticks me off beyond belief, but. You have to use your real name supposedly on Facebook, but they apologized and and took that back when it came to drag queens using their stage name. But they won't do that for priests, right? So Father or Monsignor, like like you know Brother Aloysius or whatever, because he's a Dominican now or something, has to go by Bob Wilson, yeah, like his given legal name, yeah, and they won't change it for them. But they changed it for drag queens. Well, and speaking of Facebook, though, a, a related article we were talking about before we started recording was um, these these trending, quote-unquote, trending topics. They're manipulating those things in a big way. Right. For There's like really silly articles that only have 3,000 likes. Yeah, but I mean, I mean it's kind of like – hasn't this always been happening? Right. I mean, didn't it used to just be like whatever the editor at the local newspaper thought? That's what got put on, right? And now, like, they ran the AP stories that they thought were important. And, and we're having this conversation, and those articles got written, the two we just talked about, and this is going to be on the podcast. So I guess, I guess the moral of the story is you have to play in this culture or they win. Yeah. You have to write the article. And put it out there, and when it doesn't show up on Google, you have to get it to the people through other curation methods or whatever to write it. But they can't stop you from posting it. They just not yet, anyway. <laughs> they can affect how whether or not it gets. Yeah. And then when you couple that with Google, and I use Google for everything, all my email and everything. Who doesn't, right? And it's like all my information's in there and stuff. And you know they're crawling through it to find out what to advertise to you, right? Right. I mean, who knows why big brain in the sky they have plotting our demise. No, I, or, I know. I, you know how you can get access to your, like, government file? Like, yeah. you can file a Freedom of Information Act request to get your FBI file, for example, right? Dude, that would be awesome. We should do that and do a show about it. Well, I don't think I have an FBI file. Well, you don't know. Maybe, right? I, you probably have one. I'm but, sure I have one. Um, I have an IRS file. <laughs> so, uh, but you can't, like... But I, one thing I've always been curious about is those uh, internet ad networks, right? Where you'll like, let's say you, yeah. you're, you're interested in buying a new vacuum cleaner. So you go search vacuum cleaners on Amazon and like look at vacuum cleaners for a little while. And then you like go to a totally unrelated website, right, where you're reading about funny cat videos or something. And a vacuum cleaner advertisement will pop up. And it will show you the ones that you had looked at on Amazon. Yeah. And with a click through to go back to Amazon to buy them. Right, like there's data running that show, right? That's right. making that happen. I want to see that data. Yeah, right? I want to file a Freedom of Information Act request and get all that data from those companies. Yeah, to the, see the what internet they, is what not they free. See. Google is not right. free. All these things that we think are free are not free. Right, they're culling your information and they're selling it to people because that's all they have. Right, that's all they have. They give yeah. to, to to advertise to you, but the I you know what I just. Mostly just for productivity's sake, I um, I downloaded and, and I started using AdBlocker on Safari. Because I just got – I go, oh, here's a cool uh, news story I'd like to watch. I hit it and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And it's like I'm on broadband. I'm on really fast broadband. Right. And it's just got to load 15 videos, a car commercial right. and all this stuff. I'm like, I like watching all this advertisement because I like to see how people, what people are doing because I play in the business world. But I'm so sick of it that I started blocking all the ads because it's just overwhelming. Does it work pretty well? Yeah, it works great. Huh. Yeah, ad block. 
Yeah, it works great. It just cleans it all up, and it shows you how many it blocked. Wow. On each page. A little wow. number pops up. I should get one of those. And, like, I, you load, like, a, a Daily Mail or, like, you know, BuzzFeed or something like that. It's like nine. Wow. Like, I mean, it's just, they're just shotgunning ads at you. Yeah. You know, now they're trying to figure out how to block the ad blockers. Well, see, and this is, like, something that uh, I think gets to the core of our uh, what one of our problems, right, is this idea of attention, mm-hmm. right? We don't think of our attention span as, like, that crucial. Like, I mean, we insult people for having short attention spans or whatever, but... Uh, hey, I got a new bike. Right? But... <laughs> But when you look at these websites, I did get a new right? They clearly view your intention, uh, your attention span, yeah. as cash money. Like they are willing to spend money to get your eyeballs to look at their ads. Right, right, right. And if that's the case, like why don't we think about our attention span as like a form of currency? How much would you pay me for my attention, Mark? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, like, literally, I'm like, willing to sell it. How, I mean, I will pay attention to you for the next twenty five cents, thirty seconds for a quarter. Okay, <laughs> start the clock. Go. I'm paying attention. For- so, <laughs> like, w- we need to think about the way in which we spend our attention. Right. Span. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I know, and I just, I catch myself. I've been thinking. I'm trying to be more mindful about this. Because I'm spending a lot of time online reading a lot of stuff because I have to kind of constantly get some kind of something to talk about because I have a daily hour to talk about stuff, right? And I'm also – it's also – but I, I have to pay attention. I'm, I end up just like wasting I'll, – I'll look up and it's been 45 minutes and I got stuff that needs to be done. And I've read a – Six meaningless articles and watched a cat video and stuff, and I'm like, huh? Have you uh, ever looked at your internet web browsing history in your computer? Why are we talking about my web browsing history? Why did you read? <laughs> did you read it? Well, I'm just. Did someone else see it? What's go- No, I didn't. Yeah, I have looked at my history. Right, just Control H. Uh, well, or Apple H, if you live in that. Universe. Superior, more ergonomic, intuitive world. Yes, yeah, you guys are basically <laughs> slaves and automatons to the uh, largest corporation in the world. We love the leader. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Uh, anyway, the point is, if you look, Steve at, Jobs played the symphony. I, I'm sure that they have the Steve. I'm sure they have Steve Jobs' body cryogenically frozen somewhere in Apple headquarters, like waiting dude, to resurrect him. Dude, I would so pay to see that. I would. <laughs> Yeah, but they would never let you. They would never. Yeah, right, they wouldn't let you in that part of the building, right? Because some of the employees work in one part of the building, other employees work in another part of the building, and there are walls separating them, so they're not even allowed to talk I, to each other. I, it's in a new project called iCryo. <laughs> it's like a very, very beautifully designed <laughs> stainless steel <laughs> with round edges, and you know, it's a, the, the, it, it looks like a giant iPhone. It's yeah. a giant, giant iPhone coffin. What was that? I don't know what that was. Was that on your computer? I don't know. I don't know what happened. Um, so, see, that would never happen if we're on an Apple. This, this Apple would have blocked that out. They would have, it would have figured out that we were talking, and it wouldn't have done that. Maybe it was the robot demons. Dude, there are robot demons. I'm telling you, the robot alien demons. Yeah, yeah. That, that uh, so, so Mark, so Mark and I tried to do this podcast or this radio show, and we had it sounded like there were like robot demon aliens. Saying everything that we were saying on top of like it was it was pretty awesome. That's how I normally sound. But it was like, <laughs> but I but I can't. We do a lot of post production on these for podcasts. like for like three for like three episodes of my show. After that, I just kept going. I'm not saying it was aliens, but it was totally aliens. It's like that one that one meme that's been going around to the guy. It's like aliens. You just have to see the meme. So yeah, it was like it was totally aliens. Hmm. Aliens Catholic. That was a good. That was a good episode of my Aliens Catholicism. Or something. Yeah. You know. Aliens. You want to talk about aliens? Not really. I was going to go back to the internet history thing. Internet history, right? So you look at your history, your web browsing history, and you can see all of the time you wasted, and like all of the the clicks clicks that you linked, licks that you clinked, licks that you clinked. <laughs> Do not lick those clinks. No lick clinking. 
<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, lick wow. that clink and go over to Bible Broccoli. Yeah, I don't always talk in Pig Latin on my YouTube channel. I should try that sometime. Welcome, Ute. Ockley Bray, Bible Bray. That would be awesome. Uh, we should do a whole podcast in Latin. Uh, like, Save, Marcus. That would take a really long Save, time. Marcus. If we, script it out, if we script it out ahead of time, I could probably pull Quit it off. Quit Marcus. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting that we don't really value and it's it, yeah, our, our attention and our time in the sense that I I am a master of wasting time and I don't mind I don't mind you know like Madeline Engel said being is being time is never wasted time I don't have and I I remember David Allen used to say um, I'll do nothing with abandoned. <laughs> it's like it's like there's something to be said for just like purposely gelling and just being and spe- but that's not what I'm talking about. We're talking about right. just going following one licking one clink after another <laughs> watching these stupid clicking things. the 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 clickbait. Yeah, the clickbait, dude. It's yeah. like it's all g- over the place. Yeah, no, it's so this is this is the problem. Right? It's the inanity of the internet. Inanity, that's a big word. Yeah, no, I like that. It's just become inane. Where there's just a bunch of useless banal, stuff. if you will. Banal. It's become banal. Yes, it's banal. Maybe I should have uh, named my YouTube channel Bible Banality. <laughs> you should do an episode of Bible Broccoli called Bible Banality, where you where you do what you don't do. And you get a big oaken chair and be like, Yes, welcome to Bible Banality. We're going to talk about obscure things. In obscure ways. In obscure ways. In an obscure place. To obscure people. Yes. Yeah. Um, As it were, if you will. So, okay, so we, we talked about your your radio show and my YouTube channel. Yeah. What else do we have going on? Well, I'm my more consulting. I'm building a beautiful coffee house right on the beach in Santa Cruz, California for a church there. I am so excited um, so for all of our listeners in Santa Cruz, yeah. as soon as this thing is built, you've got to come down and have a coffee. Yeah, we're working on – where our goal is the Feast of St. Joseph. It's going to be called Shrine Coffee. It's at the, uh, the Shrine of St. Joseph that ran by the Oblates of St. Joseph right on Westcliff Drive. And nothing for mile, a mile or two each direction. World-class pro-surf competition spot right across the street. Taj Burrow won a world-class event there last year. Um, it's – it's going to be cool because it's going to be a church-based coffee house. But we are – they've taken the gloves off me. I'm working with uh, Fuse Architects, which is um, the same architecture firm that did the last two Verve shops. They did um, Scout Coffee down in San Luis Obispo, and they're cutting edge. Lots of reclaimed stuff, really cool, cool architects. And we've had a really great collaboration and working relationship. I'm, I've designed – I've designed probably one of the best – I've designed easily the best bar I've ever designed for this. And it's funny. I was saying this the other day. I'm given – in general, you may have noticed if you listen to this podcast, I'm given to hyperbole. But in, I'm not really given to hyperbole when I talk about the quality of the shops I have. Like this shop is not the best – the one we have here is not the best shop in Denver. It's like number 17 in Denver or something just because we just didn't spend that much money on the right equipment. We're not busy enough to train in that way and everything. We're building a shop in Santa Cruz that will be one of the best shops in the country. It is cutting edge. And it's made by Catholics for pagan people. It'll be 90% unchurched pagan customers because everyone's there surfing and walking their dog and running. It is right there in the heart of culture. It's going to be spectacular. And, I, yeah, I am, I'm giddy over this project. Ann Browling, my friend, is going to be managing it. Um, my friends Nick Sobrak-Seaton and his brother Patch Sobrak-Seaton at Antifolio are doing all the branding. Fuse Architects is the architecture firm. A uh, really great contractor, Zach Meske, and it's just going to be it's going to be a showpiece for Calix and for my um, my uh, consulting. It's the best thing I've ever worked on. Super excited. That's why I've been going. He's teasing me about all of these trips to California, but it's since our last one, I think I've done two trips to California. To um, meet with this team, so and sit on the beach and drink wine. 
Yeah, I didn't do. I drank wine, but I didn't sit on the beach hardly at all. I did. A, I did one episode. I did the beach episode. <laughs> I did an episode of the of the counter position from my car at the beach, and it was funny. I went to this totally isolated beach that no one goes to. This little like promontory kind of thing, and there was like one other car there when I started the episode. There were like twenty seven cars. <laughs> like when I left, it's like the place just packed out while I was trying to do this show. I had to keep closing the door because it was too loud, and I was all sweating in my car, and, and I was having to push pause and open the doors and air to get some cool air into the car because it was like hot, but it, it, there was still a lot of sun. But we were at the beach, so it was the air was cool, but I couldn't have the car running because I was doing a radio show. So, uh, radio, as I always say on the counter position, this is radio without a net. <laughs> that's, that's what. It was so wow. But I did drink some nice wine. I went to the Hitch and Post in um, Solving that that um, that restaurant that's in the movie Sideways, that famous movie about Pino and all that. And as our our listeners know what it is, it's Sideways. It's a famous yeah, movie. I'm, I'm sure they do. Yeah, I, um, I am. I'm. I have got to just start making you watch real movies. Maybe, yeah, maybe you need to like work up a curriculum for me and like. We just need to start having a movie night. There you go. Okay, me and Mark are going to start having a movie night and we'll drink a bottle of wine and watch a movie and then we'll. Part of our next episode will be we'll do a review on the movie and talk about the wine we drink. There you go. Or we should just. We should just. We should do a wine tasting episode. Hey, I'm all for that. We should get like two, three bottles open. Get some glasses A, B, and C. Have them blind. I'll we'll put them on bags, and I'll even mix them up, and I won't know which one's which. And we'll taste them all, and we'll talk about them. And at the end of the episode, we'll unveil them and see if we got them right. And we guessed them. That's what I used to do for a living. Yeah, you'd probably like outfox me at that game. My palate is really gone. Good. You've been drinking too much coffee. H E double hockey stick and a on a grease pole. Um, so okay, so. Santa Cruz, the Santa Cruz shop, yeah, and your radio show, yeah. Anything else that's new? Um, uh, you're not calling it a radio show anymore. No, yeah, we're in transition. Oh, okay. I still kind of call it a radio show at this point because it's real life radio. But stay tuned. There's something fun on the horizon. Um, it's going to be more like Gimlet, like that that right, right, right. The, that podcast us, yeah. network, yeah. So, which I think is good. Um. It's got more flexibility than the radio model. Um, hmm. I don't know what else has been going on. Uh, well, I wrote a book. Oh, that's right. You wrote a book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we we mentioned it. We didn't go into it. We talked, well, yeah, we talked. It's the same. The same thing you're doing with your pot, your uh, YouTube, the, the dark passage of scripture. Right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. What your, your book is called? Light bashing babies on the rocks and how to get your dad drunk and sleep with him. Right? Isn't that what it's called? <laughs> I thought you were gonna uh, <laughs> somehow put broccoli in the title. How to how to how like, to beat like, babies with broccoli? <laughs> it's like, it's like you just you gotta you gotta find the most shocking stuff in scripture and throw it right there in the title. The Bible they don't want you to know. I'm telling you, if you'd have called it things in the Bible they don't want you to read, dude, you would you could retire on that. That would sell. <laughs> and everybody who bought it would be like, hey, this is Catholic. I thought this was going to be bashing the Bible. <laughs> you know? The dark you, side of the Bible? The dark side of the There you go. Wow, man. You Why should didn't talk, I think of that one? You should talk to me before you do this stuff, man. Hey, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get to name it. No, this is your publisher, the right? publisher gets to name it. Light on the dark passages of Scripture. Well, at least I got the word dark in there. Yeah. And... I think anytime you the cover the cover is, is is pretty good. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Right there's like this there's like this ancient oil lamp thing, and then it kind of is like like lighting up this sort of dark place, and there are these like scary angel looking things coming down with swords. I think you should say you should anytime you say it, you should say light on the dark passes of scripture. <laughs> you have to duck an evil laugh at the end of it. That should be an unofficial part of the title. <laughs> um, that it's, it's, it sells, baby. You know, I'm telling you, we gotta gotta make it sizzle. So, so anyway, the book comes out November fifteenth. Yeah, and uh, November fifteenth. Yeah. You can pre-order it on Amazon. You right? can pre-order it on Amazon right now. I have not pre-ordered it on Amazon. I don't know. 
I don't know what's going on with you, Andrew. But you've never even listened to my show, though. So. I know. I'll listen to your show. You'll pre-order my book. Well, you'll listen to my show, and I'll make you give me a copy of your book. But, <laughs> and then I'll make you sign it, and then I'll sell it on eBay if you get famous. So. <laughs> uh, so, so anyway. I'm not going to charge you for my radio show. The, the book – in the book, I deal with – a lot of the dark passages of scripture. Now, it's a, not a long book. It's not, it's not like a 10,000-page book, so I can't go through every single one in great detail. Yeah. But, so I'm sort of taking them in batches, right? But we talk about things like child sacrifice, you know, does God kill people, right? Does God want people to kill people? Uh, you know, the conquest of Canaan. Yeah. Uh, go over the hill and kill the Amalekites. Man, right. woman, child, right. all right. of right. them. Right. Uh, we talk about all that stuff and about slavery, misogyny, uh, you know, uh, innocent suffering. And you end up defending all this, Hell. Right? You're, you know, you're all in favor of, of all these things, aren't you? <laughs> Child sacrifice. <laughs> this, is like, this is basically – Ten easy, ten easy steps to defend child sacrifice. That's what you should call the book. So, uh, like I said, you'll, you'll have to read the book. I'm to, dying to read it. To I can't figure out like what it's actually. I can't talk. wait. I'm going to buy a copy of it. I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to buy it off Amazon, and I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to formulate an argument against like what you said. And then you're going to come in to get coffee one day, and I'm going to be like, you know, Mark, I was thinking that in uh, Leviticus, <laughs> you're going to be like. You read my book, didn't you? <laughs> it's like, it's going to be like, <laughs> that'll be fun. We should do a whole, uh, we, yeah, we, we, when it comes out, we should have like a c- celebratory podcast episode. There you go. We should get some booze, some food. Well, we're going to have some sort of book release party thing here. We should live broadcast. From the, from the thing. Talking. And we'll get people to come over and say hi. We get a bunch of Catholic. And I can sign books during the podcast. Episode. You could, yeah, yeah. We can get we can get all the all the Catholic names around here to come over and say hi on the podcast and tell. We can record them telling you what what a great book it is. You know, that'd be awesome. There we go. And we'll just and we'll drink a ton of wine. That'll be fun too. <laughs> and we'll eat food. This is a recurring theme with Andrew. It's Friday. I've had a long week. I am really ready for a drink of this part of the game. No. I'm like, I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm really close to an incredible wine down here. I, part of their, like, you know, if you buy wine from them, you get points. And I think it's like $500 or whatever. Every $500, you, they give you like a $20 credit, which is a really crappy return. But still, you know, it's been a year, you know. And sometimes, you know, when then, you know, we get event wine and stuff and everything. I'm like $30 away from a, a $20 credit. And I tell you what, free wine tastes a whole lot better. Well, I guess I was hoping that you were going to buy a $50 bottle of wine with your $30 and your 20 Well, I, what I usually do is... And then, a, then you would share it with me. I would share it with you. I might, I might do that. I usually buy a pretty... What I do, yeah, when I buy my... I usually hold on to my credit... Until there's a really good sale, like 20% off on all Pinot Noir or something. And then I'll go in, drop an actual $20, plus the discount, plus what I have credit, and get like a $50 bottle of wine. And that way I can actually taste a decent bottle every once in a while. Because I can't afford to drink the wine that I used to do. <laughs> I mean, we used to drink really nice wine. Well, right? yeah, yeah, if you're serving celebrities in California at yeah, a seaside we, restaurant, that's a little bit different. We, we would taste it. We'd blind yeah. taste and side-by-side taste every night. And it'd be like, you know, the cheapest bottles we'd open would be 45 50 bucks on the list. But, I mean, right. often they'd be well over $100 bottles, yeah. you know. Yeah. Because we have to taste it if you're going to sell it. Right. You have to understand it, you know. Yeah, okay, I'll do that. I'll buy a night. You know, or we could drink that Israel bottle. They gave me a bottle from Israel for um, doing the narration on Beloved, huh. which, you know, I'm sure it's a nice bottle of wine, but, you know, come on. <laughs> so, I could, I've been teasing Justin about that. I'm like, my, my price went up. If you want me to do more narrations, we two bottles. <laughs> so, uh, we should, yeah, they gave me a, I guess it's a bottle that him and Tim drank in um, Israel. And so... Uh, they gave me one. They found it. Like he wanted me to taste that wine. So that'd be kind of fun. You know, you you would appreciate that being a Bible scholar and all that. Well, you know, Israel wine, Israel wine, Israeli wine. Yeah. Yeah. I see. You know, the Middle East. You know, there's a lot of great wine in the Middle East. I have. There's a um, Chateau. I can't remember what it's called. There's a Bordeaux style. Well, they've only been making it for like 
10,000 years. I know, but, but you know, France and, and, and Western Europe has been the place where right, they really right. kind of like, we think of them as having perfected it. But there's a wine from um, Lebanon that they have it on the list at um, um, the Populist, and they sell it by the bottle over at Divino, pretty close to your house. And it's, I don't know, like 16, 17 bucks, and it's beautiful. Hmm. It's a, I can't, I can't remember, I'll have to look it up. Chateau Mars something. I'll have to look it up. But it was really good. Really high value. So is there anything else we want to do on this podcast before we call it call it quits? <laughs> this has been the most random catch-up podcast, right? Well, yeah, but we had some good moments. Yeah, it was chatty, but it was fun. Yeah. Well, we just wanted to stretch a little bit. You know, we haven't done one of these in a while. We didn't want to dive right back into, like, you know, Google's going to kill us all, Planned Parenthood, blah, blah. We didn't want to dive right back into Or something. dead bodies. I wanted to talk about Yeah, you bodies. wanted to talk about dead bodies. I wanted to talk about – what did I want to talk about? I don't know. But anyway. We had the hardest time coming up with something to talk about. That's why we ended up chatting today. So. It was high-level chat, though. We've Mostly. done well. So anyway, I hope that you check out Andrew's new radio show, Counterposition, and or my new book, Light in the Dark Passages of Scripture. You get that on Amazon, right? On Amazon. RealLifeRadio.com right. for my – at 7, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. on the Best Coast. Um, and all the podcasts are out on thecounterposition.com. Right. You can also look up Bible Broccoli on YouTube to see me in a bow tie. Is there like a, a dedicated like URL for Bible Broccoli? BibleBroccoli.com. I do own BibleBroccoli.com. Do you have it pointing over to your YouTube? No, it's just pointing to my blog right now. So I'll but eventually can, make a, a separate you, website for but it. But your YouTube yeah. has a link to yeah. I mean, your blog, my blog has, has a, a link to the YouTube videos, yeah. And that's what? CatholicBibleStudent.com? Mm-hmm. See, look at that. I know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah it, all, it, it all links together. And if you want to see, you can go to Calix.org if you want to see what this whole coffee thing, why some guy does coffee for all that. That's my website. And new newcalix.org coming soon with a whole bunch of resources and stuff. All right. So we uh, hope that our hiatus uh, will not repeat and that we will uh, be here more regularly on this uh, podcast feed. I think we, we're going we're to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. It's, do it. it's worth it. I miss doing this. This is fun. This is uh, nice having someone to talk to. Well, you know what? I think that our, our listeners miss us too. So we need to be faithful to them. You know what? And come back. Mea culpa. Mea culpa. Mea maxima culpa. Exactly. So, we again, we apologize for our long hiatus, and we uh, pledge to do better in the future. Uh, and we thank you for listening to this episode of the Over the Counter Podcast. I'm Mark Eastrick. And I'm Andrew Whaley.